Okay, we've got a tweet. Tweet presented to me. Yep. Lizzo really just played me the best song I ever heard in my life. I'm crying, LMAO. Like, really? SZA said that. SZA said that. SZA said that. This has been SZA said that. <laughs> um, so it was one of Lizzo's songs, huh? I'm assuming that's what that means. Maybe it was just, you know, like a Prince song or something. <laughs> yeah. SZA had never what, heard what it if before. It, yeah, like it was like Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. It's <laughs> sure. like, you've got it here. It was one week by Bare Naked Ladies. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, chicken to China. To China. <laughs> the Chinese chicken. Yeah, you've got to hear this song. It's like the lackiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Incredible. I mean, yeah, another incredible turn from Lizzo. Yeah. It was um, either one week or it was a new Lizzo song. Yeah. Um, one or the other. One of those is the best song SZA ever heard. Um, yeah, this has been our classic segment, SZA Said That. SZA Said That. Um, is this the show? Yeah, it's recording, you know. Um, I don't know if that was part of the show or not. But okay, remains to be seen. Uh, uh, do we do an intro? Yeah, we do an intro. Hello and welcome to this episode of Good Listener, the podcast hosted by two kind-hearted, generous, emotionally available spoon baby boys who are always there to listen if you need them. It's a show about music. We are roommates. We are rivals. Uh, and we love to talk about music. I am the first of those sweet baby boys, Randy. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, it's Clay. Hi. I think that worked out pretty well. Yeah, you think so? I think I'm going to keep the whole thing, the, the whole process in there. Great. <laughs> I think that'll be very listenable. Um, so I kept I kept the intro low and slow that time. How did you feel about that? It was good. I don't like it when you talk super fast. Um, you know what? So, okay. Um, you know what I think a, a problem with this show is that we spent like two to three hours talking go. about music before we started recording. Yeah, we do that like every week. We do this every week where I think we have our, um, you know, not not to say that we don't have some good stuff coming to you this episode, but I think we have our best discussions off mic and we really talk about what we've been listening Ab- to. Absolutely. Well, because we live together, we talk about um, what we've been listening to and we have all sorts of music discussions off mic and then we get here and um it's it's like the the wind has been taken out of us sometimes um but um that's not what it's going to be like this episode so um stay tuned well we did we did just sort of say that it is what that what the what it's like this episode yeah we did do that this episode um and and also i'm just gonna say like yeah frankly the real show is off mic and we will record that show the real show once we set up a patreon (laughs) <laughs> and you motherfuckers start paying us to do to do that to hear our real conversations about music because all these opinions that yeah. you're about to hear from us, they're fake. If we set up a Patreon, this is made up. We're doing this for you know it's fake, right? It's it's fake and it's sponsored. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, I say that if we set up a Patreon, it would only take me like to convince me to do this. If we got like five patrons, I think we should set up live feeds in our house, like the Big Brother house. Um, so you can see us for five people. Yeah, I'm willing to do that for <laughs> yeah. five people. Well, I just saying that's the minimum. Yeah. Um, that would be like, you know what? I'm gonna do this for a Patreon. Is at least in our living room, set up some live feeds, and yeah. you can just tune in, and you can hear us 
um, have the great discussions, and we will talk about like what we were talking about tonight, um, all the um, 90s alt-rock bands that, um, well, I don't know if we talked. We kind of just sat around and listened to music. Uh, yeah. But no, that that really is is what I love about this is the part before we record where we sit around and listen to the music that we're going to talk about. Yeah, that part is fun. Um, uh, and we do hate this part where we uh, talk into microphones. We hate it. Um, and it is fake. And um, if you want to have us like it and be real, you have to give us money um, is what we're saying. And I do think, yeah, five is probably the minimum to uh to to have a set up live feeds because i think one or two people oh that's just embarrassing yeah that's no good that's uh that feels weird yeah Um, five five people (laughs) that's an audience yeah five people three is company five's an audience five people five bucks a month we'll set up live feeds in our house um and we'll listen to music Uh, you, you actually can't do music on the live feed so we would have to use headphones um, for all our music listening while the live feeds are going because you can't like just stream um, music you know <laughs> right so we'll be silently sitting there listening to different music on the live feed well yeah. we could use yeah, yeah, we yeah. have a headphone splitter we could li- be listening to the same music silently yeah or we could use one of those apps where they um you tune in and you do like a you know those silent rave type of things right they coordinate it between all the the devices so yeah. we could do i mean we also have spotify yeah sessions. we could do a group listening session so. so we have a lot of options here for the when we do the live <laughs> yeah good that we're exploring this yeah right now figuring out the real logistics of this thing that we'll definitely do all right um we are recording on january 18th 2021 so we <laughs> if we want to talk <laughs> why do we need to say that <laughs> I was just going to segue into that we talk about at the top of the show, we talk about some recent releases we've been listening to. So Sure, okay. I guess that's not necessary. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Gives away way too much about the, the process that we go through. Sorry, my eye's hurting. Yeah, I don't um, know if there's even um, – I'm sorry about your eye. I don't know if there is even, like, a really good reason that it bothered <laughs> me that you said that. I don't think there is, actually. But for some reason, I'm just like, uh, don't – Hmm. No, <laughs> don't say that. Say, you know, the middle of January. <laughs> For some reason, that feels important to me. It's but too specific. Objectively, um, there's no real reason. You could use think. it to find out where we live. Um, That's very true. Yeah, so it's you don't want to give away information like that. Um, but I was just saying, you know, maybe we should get into some actual music, um, get down to business, and talk about what have you been listening to, Randy? Um, I have been listening to... Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll talk. I'll talk about. I'll start with uh, Tiger's Jaw, uh, trio of singles. Um, okay, yeah. Titled "Hesitation" is one of the songs, but I think the other two are under that title as well. Uh, sort of like a EP. I don't know, uh, or they're released all as as one sort of single thing. Um, yeah, and those. Like <laughs> like I don't know why I feel the need to explain. Yeah, that. so so sometimes okay. So let me explain this for you. Okay, great. Sometimes when a band releases a single, there will be like B sides. Um, so it'll be like there's a main single, and then you flip it over. That's the the main single is the A side, and then the B side is 
you flip it over and then there's like a, another song that's included with the single but it's not like the lead single so i'd yeah. say in this situation probably hesitation is the <laughs> lead single yeah. um, and maybe the other two tracks are sort of like considered b-sides i'm so pissed off right now <laughs> <laughs> uh I did know that. Um, <laughs> Tiger's Jaw released this <laughs> this single, <laughs> Hesitation, and a couple other songs. Uh, they're good. It's good, new Tiger's Jaw, um, which I was very excited. I didn't know that they had anything coming out. I hope that there's an album on the way. Um, I think these songs are, are good. They they are in the vein of, like, Charmer, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, they're pretty polished. Um, yeah. Like, very nice sounding vocals. Yeah, very pretty, pretty. Con- contained. Uh, so like compared to some of their earlier stuff, but I mean, I think that's better for them. Even though, um, for me, none of Tiger's Jaws like newer stuff is better than that. The Pizza album. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it's just called? They're self titled, right? I think so. Um, even though none of it is as good as that, I really am not interested in a band that's matured that's trying to replicate that sound. Um, that yeah. to me just seems like it um leads to music that i'm not interested in yeah you like know? uh mm, perhaps recent menzingers yeah example exactly so i'd rather have a band that is more contained you know less sort of angsty or you know that that first that tiger's job i'm just sounds very um sort of like st- slap together yeah you can't you can't recreate that energy in the best way possible i mean that but it it, yeah it it really does just seem like it was just pushed out like just by sheer emotional like angsty like like willpower you know yeah it does not feel like a thing where yeah their more recent stuff does not feel like stuff where they they just like it was something that they had to get out of them. Like that early exactly. stuff does sound like sort of like desperate in a way. Yeah. Um, uh, which I don't. Which again, yeah. not as not as a negative. Yeah, and um, I don't. I don't think that's anything you should try to replicate. I think that this new stuff is great. I like Charmer and uh, Tiger's Jaws, a band I hadn't listened to in quite a while. But after these singles came out, I've been listening to them a little bit as well. Yeah, and I went uh, back to some yeah. of the old stuff after yep, hearing these yep. singles because it just got me kind of kind of jazzed. Yeah, me too. And. uh Hey, Tiger's Jaw is good. Yeah. Uh, good band, so still good, and I'm excited for the new stuff. Yeah, what's something you've been listening to? You know, um, there's been a couple recent releases I've been listening to. I, th- um, I think the probably – so the two biggest ones are the Pine Grove live album mm. and uh, Samia, the baby, reimagined. Um, sorry, I'm getting a call. Um all right. Okay. So- sorry about that. Got you can cut that out. Yeah. Sorry. Got derailed for a second. My little sister called. She needed to know the Disney Plus password, so I had to take I care of that. Can uh, see how that was an emergency. <laughs> yeah. So um, had to take care of that. So, so I think I was saying I've been. What was lis- she gonna watch? I, ch- I, d- I mean, I didn't ask her that. I, I just um, gave her the login info. Disappointing. Hmm, um, I could guess. You know, I mean, hey, that, let's not let's not do that. Um, you think she's going in on Wandavision? No, I probably not. Okay. Um, who knows? Um, who knows what she's watching? I don't know. Um, but anyways, I was as I was <laughs> saying, 
what I've been listening to that was released over the past week was the Pine Grove Amperland New York set album, live album, I guess you could call it. Mm. Uh, soundtrack album, I don't know. And the baby reimagined by Samia featuring uh you know remixes of all the songs off of the baby by Samia album last year. Catching up on Mando maybe? No, she doesn't watch Mandalorian. She's probably watching like um old Disney show episodes or something or mm, okay. um I mean like you know we used to watch Hannah Montana uh, and all mm. that that sort of thing. I, I think that she watches that stuff and um uh, she could be watching uh, you know any disney movie uh, everyone loves disney <laughs> movies you know I, I was thinking i should probably finally go in on toy story 4 mm. uh, so maybe i'll watch that on on disney plus um soon yeah i should probably watch toy story 3 one of these days still haven't done it yeah you know um those movies are good that's what i hear yeah i like the first two <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, You've been listening to the baby reimagined <laughs> at Pine Grove. Yeah, I have. Uh, is there one of those that um, should I talk about the Pine Grove uh, since we both were listening to the Simi album? Yeah. Um, so I should just touch on the Pine Grove real quick because there's not a ton to say about it. Um, uh, I believe. It's I mean, doesn't it have like a whole concept or something? Yeah, I'm just not super familiar with the concept. I think it's a tie-in to some sort of film that the pine grove guys did um that features these songs I, I again i like briefly read this but i'm not interested i've just listened to the album but it's not a concert but it's like a set recorded in uh the guy's house like um before he moved out of it and i just want to say that it's very good i mean i think that especially the pine grove songs on this album from last year's album, which I believe is called Marigold. Um, yeah. uh, you know, that album was pretty good, but I, I didn't get super into it as much as the other Pine Grove stuff because it, it just felt very polished. Um, like, the sound wasn't quite as rough as I would like from from those Pine Grove songs. And on this, you know, they're a little more stripped down. I Like, they're pretty similar to the takes in the album, but just it's got that warmth of a, of a live set. And that's those sort of rough edges that I think really uh, makes these songs come alive. So for that reason alone, I would really recommend this. But it's really just a solid uh, set. So I've really been enjoying this Pine Grove Amperland New York album. Yeah, you were playing some of it earlier uh, while we were out in the living room. And, and, and yeah, it did have a very warm, uh, nice sound to it. And, and yeah, I do think that's the house... Sorry, it was recorded in the house, I think, where they maybe have all been living and writing and recording uh, since the early days of Pine Grove, is my understanding. Um, yeah, something like that. So it's sort of, I, I guess this project is sort of a send-off to that uh, place, Sure, I yeah. guess, for them, mm-hmm. um, which... Um, you know, I, <laughs> I I can understand why that resonates for them. Yeah, it sounds um, very impactful for them. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> really a big moment for them. <laughs> um, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure to it, like, I'm not, like, the biggest Pine Grove right, fan right. or anything, so I'm sure to someone who's been following them throughout their whole Absolutely. thing, you know, a pine nut, if you will, <laughs> um, 
that this w- that I I'm sure that I think they love this album. Um, yeah. And even as someone who's just been a a fan for more of a distance, it's it's very good. Yeah, well, I wasn't trying to be overly backhanded about it. Uh, I think now let's talk about this Samia though. Okay. Um, this Samia record, the baby reimagined, um, is of course uh a reimagining a remix album. Uh, for the most part, with some just like n- totally new versions of songs, yeah. Um, as well, uh, from her debut record from last year, which we talked about a little bit on the show because I assigned it to you as homework. Sure. Um, and I think you listened to it once and and didn't leave much of an impression at the time. Um, I don't know. I, I liked it. I di- I just um I didn't have enough time to really get into it on the show. I didn't. Um, right, right. I wasn't. I, <laughs> I, wasn't. I was just saying that after we <laughs> recorded, you know, the episode where I kind of touched on it, I did get into it more. I, mm. I, I have listened to it quite a bit more since then, and uh, come around on it. So mm. I, I really like that album a lot. Yeah, I, th- I think that that is a very good debut record, and I think that um, this new v- version of it, um, just again, because I, I spent a lot of time with those songs last year. I'm very familiar with a lot of them. Um, and and to hear these fresh new versions of it is very exciting because I, I get to come to these songs for the first time again in a way. So as a fan of the album, it's it's good for that reason. But also, these new versions of the song happen to be very good, and s- a few of them, a, a small handful of them, I would say, I like even more than the original versions, which is something that not a lot of remix albums pull off, in my opinion, at least. Um so yeah. so to me it's it's pretty exciting i i like this thing a lot yeah i agree there are uh several versions that i have preferred to the originals and mm. even the ones that i don't it's just it's enough of a fresh take on it that it's it's breathing new life into these songs yeah not a single um, one of them is bad yeah and it's exposing me to artists that i am not like super familiar with like there's a there's it's a good mix of i think fresh indie artists who are doing the covers on this which i think is pretty cool yeah um and and some some bands that are um you know that i haven't heard from you know remo drive that that cover yeah Um, yeah, the remo drive one is i like that bit of an anomaly i like that song on here but yeah it does sound different than all of the other ones and also that band felt like they came and went already and i say that as someone who likes remo drive uh a fair amount but it really feels like to sort of the scene or the culture at large, <laughs> they were just like totally disposable. Um, yeah. But here um, they are on this Samia record, sort of breathing new life into their career, um, which I really I don't I hope mean that I, I don't mean that in a rude way because I, I again that, I like them. Yeah, I, think I hope they're a pretty this good is band. a a springboard for them into yeah. renewed relevance, and I hope they. You know, I'm I calling just, it. I just wish the best. For, oh, wow. You're calling, calling it Remo Revival? 2021 is the year of Remo Drive. Wow. You, all, They're back. All, all today I've been exclaiming, um, especially <laughs> to Randy, about how 2021, the, the Counting Crows are coming back. Yeah. Um, well, they'll be duking it out at the Grammys at the end of the year, I'm sure. Yeah, this is – you're latching on to Remo Drive. Yep, it'll uh, be Remo Drive, yeah. the Counting Crows, Album of the Year Grammy into this year <laughs> okay um but but yeah um this is it's it's interesting to me i i, I feel like um that i don't i don't see this a, a ton i think i've seen it more often these days where a whole album is is just totally remixed by a bunch of different artists um 
I don't. I mean, I feel like that happens with like an album that is huge, a cult classic, and it'll be all these bands get together and they redo an album or something. Right. But the year after, you know, less than a year after, mm-hmm. um, that that's cool. I think that this this feels like pretty fresh to me. Uh, yeah. I, I today I don't know if you saw this. The perf. I think I sent this to you actually. That the perfume genius mm-hmm. album from last year is getting the same treatment. Um, so, and Grimes did a similar thing with her album from last year. Right. But was that just a Grimes remix? Like did other artists come in and do those remixes? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I didn't listen to that. I just saw that was like a rave mix. So I just thought in my mind, those were different mixes on the song, but I think you're probably right. Yeah. She, she, Um, I'm pretty sure she brought in other producers. Okay. Yeah. So Um, I I don't know. Maybe this is just something that I wasn't privy to, uh, before that's been going on, but I feel like I'm seeing it pop up a lot. So it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's really, I think it's a really cool project. I think that, uh, how good it is speaks to, I mean, what I was saying last year, which is Samia is an artist, um, to watch. Um, I think that she's very talented and I think that this, the, the, the degree to which she pulled off this project, I think just proves again how talented she is. You know, it feels like this thing was thoughtfully made, you know what I mean? Like as far as putting together the right roster of artists to work on these new versions of the songs. It feels like a lot of thought yeah. went into that. Yeah, you know what might be the case is that this does happen, and I just n- don't usually pay attention to it because it's not usually this good. Yeah, um, <laughs> so that's very possible. So, so that may be the case because, um, re- you know, remixes are nothing new. These days I'm not really sure a remix could mean anything. It could mean um, just – you add on a feature that, that there was the uh, new Ariana remix that came out, and that's just the same song with a couple verses slapped yeah, onto the that's end. That's a little perplexing to me. Um, so I feel like that's a, a remix these days. A lot of times, that's all it is. It's just uh, you've got a new artist on there. Yeah. I guess Lil Nas famously did that. Um, yeah. You know? So it's an interesting. I don't know. You have any thoughts on the development of, of remixes? No. Okay. <laughs> well. I mean, Lil Nas, he, uh, Lil Nas X, he, uh, like, that's his whole career. Yeah, hey, I, I, right? Okay, I, was, I just thought maybe you'd have some thoughts on it, but, um, um, you know, that's okay. You don't have to have thoughts on everything. Sometimes we can just uh, move on to the next thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine. Okay. We could just do that sometimes. It doesn't always have to be that we have a big discussion about something. Well, that's what I... Okay, I I I look, I don't I haven't listened I, <laughs> I have a long history of not checking out I'm remixes sorry. of I, anything. I was just I was just messing with you. I've gotten you all frazzled now. I'm sorry. Yeah, you really have. Um I, I really am going to move on though because I truly don't have thoughts about <laughs> remixes. I just don't. Okay. Um moving on. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I liked that. Um <laughs> That was and that we're off. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that was a little remix right there. I don't know what remixes are. Um, I have been listening to. Okay, you're pushing it. <laughs> the two, the two other, I guess, main uh, new things that I have been listening to that I want to highlight. I did check out um, that Viagra Boys debut album, Streetworms, that you said. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think you said that you liked it even more than the new one. Um, yeah, I liked it a bit and, more. And I, I think I agree. 
Yeah, I think it's real good. Um, I think it's uh, it's similar in the same vein for sure. It's for uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's not like a totally different but thing. But I all. mean, uh, sports. I think that's a great song off that album. That song is very good. Um, so I I think you got some some heavy hitters uh, on this album. Yeah, Street, Street Worms. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty good. But that's all I had to say about that. Um, the the other two main things that are new that I've been listening to are Beach Bunnies Blame Game EP. Okay. Um, oh, I I've, I've been listening to that a bit too. Yeah, and so I think we'll get into that in a second since we both listen to it. But before that, I'll just talk a little bit about uh, the band Mourn with the album Self-Worth. Have you seen this at all? Nope. Um, so they are a – I think they're from Spain. Um, it's an all-women all, uh, sort of pop-punk, post-punk project. Okay. Um, I'm not really familiar. They have previous albums that I haven't heard. Um and uh, uh yeah i don't they really do they straddle the line of like multiple rock genres it's hard to kind of pin them down to one thing um but this album is like quite good um i definitely recommend it more in self-worth um the lyrics are not all in spanish um would not that that would be you know a positive or a negative um but um it is i think all english language lyrics but i think they are from spain is what i read um and and these songs just rock real hard and there are like moments of like yeah i don't know i don't even know quite what to compare them to like Heinz or there's i mean there's moments where they sound a little bit like rem even or there's moments where they sound like um you know totally post-punk like uh the cure or the smiths or something but um yeah it's really really good really compelling i've listened to it a few times now and and i guess i don't have much more to say about it than that but i I think it's well worth checking out i think it came out actually in 2020 but i just found out about it the end of 2020 i think okay is when it came out and i just found out about it and i uh, i think it's well worth your time yeah that sounds great that sounds right up my alley yeah Um, i think i think you would like it yeah it sounds like it that's great i love it I don't, I, I don't know. I don't have anything <laughs> else to say about uh, it. Do you have any thoughts on Mourn, uh, Self-Worth? Um, I just think that it sounds like a little sad, and I think um, that those types of people just – it's um, it's You know, if you don't actually have any thoughts, <laughs> we can just we can just move on. It's fine. We, we can do that No, sometimes. I just think that it's, it's all a state of mind so that – Sure. Um, if you're like listening to sad music a lot, no, really, it's okay. We don't have to have like a big discussion about everything that one of us brings up all the time. We can just sort of move on from a topic and and move on to a new thing. Well, no, I do have a lot of thoughts on it. I just think that mourn um, sounds a little derivative of shame. Um, oh, have you been listening to Drunk Tank Pink? A little bit. I listened to <laughs> like I listened to half of it. It's fine. I think it wasn't my thing for the moment. I'm waiting to give that one a full listen. Sure. Let's talk about Beach Bunny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Beach Bunny. <laughs> so I was just totally. Oh, uh, my mind is all all over the place now because you just did like the rudest thing to me. Um, <laughs> did I? Yeah, you did the same thing that I did to you. Uh, <laughs> I guess that is the rudest thing. It's giving someone a taste of their own fucking medicine. Um. Yeah. You know what? And I've been listening to this Beach Bunny Blame Game EP, and yeah, this <laughs> sounds a little bit like what we're doing right now. 
and Doing a little bit of the blame game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, this this uh this EP, it is just all right. Uh, yeah, especially after Honeymoon, the album that came out last year. This is just sort of a collection of four songs. Some are better than others, but they're all fine. Um, yeah. which I guess. Um, I guess I'd rather her release them than not. I mean, I like ha- hearing New Beach Bunny. I've been listening to a couple of these. Um, so I, I guess I would rather have New Beach Bunny than not. It's it just um, it's nothing special. So, you know, it, it it's um like that honeymoon album. I really would say, oh, this is one of like the high watermarks of this genre right now. So go like if you're gonna listen to any, uh, there's a lot of music coming out right now that sounds like this, and this is one to to listen to just to to get a good taste of it this ep is just you know if you're a a big beach bunny fan then listen to it otherwise i I don't think it's uh i don't think it's anything special yeah i totally agree and i think we talked about it once a couple days ago where you were like yeah it's it's good and i was like yeah it's good (laughs) i think we were both in the stage of like just having heard it and trying to convince ourselves maybe that we liked it more than we actually do yeah um because I was really excited for it, especially I'll, I'll walk you through my little journey here over this week where early in the week I read on some publication that there was a Beach Bunny album coming out on Friday. And then Friday came and you texted me that there was a Beach Bunny EP out. And I was like, huh, I thought there was an album because I read that somewhere. And so I looked it up. It was an EP. And so I was already coming from a, coming at it from a place of slight disappointment because of that because I was like, wow one year almost exactly and they're already dropping a new album that's so exciting they must have some great songs up their sleeve and it's really just it feels like sort of a stopgap ep uh the cover art is really like cute and sweet i do really like Um, the cover art so that's kind of why i was hoping that i would be more into it than i was because i i I just um i think beach bunny is super cute and i I aesthetically Mm. i enjoy all the uh, album artwork and, and all that sort of stuff yes um so this wasn't quite, you know, on par with what I what I expected based off of last year, but it's still good. It's still uh, very catchy. Yeah. Um, I I still like it. So I don't I don't want to be saying saying anything too bad. It's just that uh, that Beach Bunny album really was one of my favorites from last year. Yeah, I, I loved it. As so well. this is a follow up. It's it's a little. Uh, it just feels I, slight. I don't know. Yeah, but I guess for right now, there's it's a little slow in terms of new music releases and indie releases. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take what I can get. I'll take what I can get. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'll I'll probably listen to it a little more throughout the year. I I just always like their sort of vibe. Uh, there's times when I'm just in the mood for that that particular vibe, and this EP at least does have that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, was, so was that it for new releases you wanted to talk about? or is there Yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, most of my listening habits have been focused on some other stuff. It's not quite new. It's a little yeah. more a little more out of the box. Huh, okay. Oh. Um, well, before <laughs> before we get into that, should we should we maybe just sort of clarify the format of the show going forward <laughs> that we're going to okay. be doing something a little bit different than what we started? Oh yeah, what, oh, okay. Is right? That, okay, yeah. Um, Would you say that's accurate? I mean, we're not changing it drastically or anything. All right, so listener, let me <laughs> sit you down and oh boy, <laughs> let me sit you down and explain to you how this is gonna work. <laughs> you listen to an episode. We start. Randy says hello. He welcomes you. 
and maybe we get a little synth going and maybe uh maybe it sounds kind of nice you're like <laughs> okay sound pretty nice and then maybe we um we banter a little bit and you're thinking hmm, these are like uh some just like i feel like i'm listening to my friends have a little chat and then we get into recent releases all the new music that you should be listening to or not mm-hmm. you shouldn't be listening to we get into the new recent releases and after that we slide on in every week and we talk about accounting crows every week <laughs> <laughs> wait that's what we've been doing oh i thought we were doing the no- new format oh okay yeah no i i thought that okay i thought you were sort of walking us into that um from a different perspective um yeah no we talk about the counting crows every week now (laughs) that's what the show is yeah um that's why the new name of this podcast it's the counting crows fiend podcast and it's called um it's called uh uh counting murder of crows uh, there's oh not boy. an easy. There's not an easy <laughs> grab here. It's called um, Pod Crows. No, that um, sucks. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, thank you. Um, it's called um, Mister. Uh, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> shit. There's not like uh, <laughs> listening crows. I don't like listening <laughs> crows. Uh, okay. Ca- counting does. Uh, what is that? <laughs> uh, All right. We talk about the Counting Crows every week now. That's what the show is. No, we do. I mean, I don't even <laughs> listen. I, I, I went on this whole thing. I don't even know what, what the new format is. Like, uh, Well, yeah. So all I was going to say, I was just going to give a little tiny quick preface to say <laughs> that I think from now on we're going to be focusing a little bit more on just sort of we will be talking new releases, but we're sort of axing the the homework segment of the show that we usually end with, um, and we're we're sort of now the bulk of the show is going to be sort of just ongoing projects that we have, sort of giving ourselves homework, where we're we're just sort of going to be filling in the gaps in our own uh, listening experiences and and talking through that and sort of checking in with with things that we have just found interesting to be listening to as time goes on uh would you say that's accurate yeah i'd say that's accurate um i think that this way it's most importantly more enjoyable for us yeah um just because this way i can listen to whatever i want to listen to and just come and talk about it no matter what it is um and that's really what i want to do so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And we it's been sort of lucky because it's been sort of a slow time of the year recently. So we've had a lot of time to listen to this extra stuff on top of new music coming out. Yeah. I mean, the extra stuff I've been listening to is just like a lot of stuff that I've always like I've been listening to the Smiths like crazy lately. Um, yeah, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, th- hey, that is not a sentence that I would say to make me to try and make <laughs> me sound cool. Um, uh, not at, not at, you know, not at the age I'm at, (laughs) especially, um, but that, those are just the facts that last week I was going crazy, um, listening to the Smiths. So, yeah. Um, And, and, and new order. I mean, basically I just, uh, taking a break off of all that year end stuff we did and where I was really just cramming and I was having leisure, I was doing leisure listens and leisure listens for me is all of 
my you know my favorite are post punk albums and shoegaze albums and um, you know indie rock from the early aughts. The, the, that's my leisure listening. So that's yeah. what I've been doing. You've been I'll living like washed out in 2012, life of leisure. Yes, exactly what everyone was thinking. <laughs> um, everyone was thinking that as I was saying it. So thank you for saying that. And although over the past couple of days, I You're have welcome. ventured. Okay. <laughs> I, yep. I have ventured into some new territory, but I think I'll save that. Uh, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll start off with that. Okay. Uh, uh, should I? Start yeah. No. No. I, that was me saying, passing the baton to you. Okay. Well, the baton has been passed, and I am going to talk about how. Uh, so something I've been a major blind spot in my listening experience in my life so far is that I have totally ignored the band Animal Collective my whole life rookie mistake um yeah i mean it just felt like one of those things that's it's one of those artists that is just totally canonized everyone has sort of a they have a canned opinion of of animal collective yeah um and i had even i'd read reviews of some of their records and and had you know i i I had an idea of what they were in my head um but you were telling me when i told you that i think i'd never mentioned that i'd never listened to them before I um, had assumed um, because – I mean, I seem like a textbook Animal Collective fan, right? Yeah, just based off of the credentials um, <laughs> that I thought you had in starting this podcast as a music listener. Yeah. I thought this guy has had to have heard Animal Collective. Yeah, and you're thinking to yourself, is he really a good listener? <laughs> um, and the answer, it turns out, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but I have, I have been dipping in. Uh, I on your recommendation, I started with the classic Meriwether Post Pavilion. I'm not even really going to get into that one. I I listened to it and it was good. Um, that's all I'm really going to say about that one because that record has been talked to death, right? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's um it's yeah it's one of those canonized albums um, yeah. of you know indie music. So I don't think I have anything new to say about it. Um, I'm not sure I have anything really new to say about the other two records I'm going to mention here, but I'll just run through them quickly, which is the other two I've listened to so far after checking that one out first um, it are Strawberry Jam and Feels, um, both of which I, I liked a lot. Um, my immediate impressions of them were, were even more positive than Meriwether Post Pavilion for mm. both of them, I think. Very interesting. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, th- I guess that may sound... I guess contrarian to some um it's not intentional I'm not you know being a little stinker about it or anything um I have nothing bad to say about Meriwether Post Pavilion really um the thing that surprised me about Animal Collective uh is that with these three records and I I understand that they have records that that are not this way um sure and so I'm not going to I'm not going to try to speak to their whole career without having listened to all of it um, but the thing that surprised me about these three records is that they're really not all that experimental or wild or wacky. Um, they're very accessible. They remind me of a lot of other indie bands of that era. They don't sound like totally outsider art or anything. Um, they don't sound too far off from like what Rostem from Vampire Weekend has done with his production. They don't sound too far off even at times. Right. There are times um, where they sound a little bit like Passion Pit. Um, yeah, but they uh, they 
predate those bands? Not um, always. Well, I guess Vampire Weekend, yeah. Well, just in terms of like a passion pit, the passion pit you, that you think of that's very poppy, right? As opposed to like the their EP and stuff. I, I I'm not totally sure on that, but I I feel like Passion Pit. I mean, certainly post Animal Collective when you look at those first few albums, but I think even post Meriwether Post Pavilion. Um, I actually don't know if Manners came out after Meriwether Post Pavilion, but that would be my guess. Um, just because I feel like the thing with Animal Collective is they really were hugely influ- influential in that scene. Um, Same year. Okay. And I, I do think that Gossamer influenced by Meriwether Post Pavilion, um, whether intentionally mm. or unintentionally, just because of how huge that album was. Sure, sure. Um, and y- yeah, I, I guess what I um, like they uh, maybe they sound. I don't know. I was I listened to these albums when they came out mm-hmm. around then, but I was also very young and. I was not like cl- tapped into the indie scene, so right. I just kind of wonder, <laughs> like, this is just me kind of, kind of wondering if do you think that they just sound less experimental now than they did then? Um, sure, I, um, yeah, I think that's a question worth asking, and I do, I am appreciating the perspective that you're giving me there because. I think that's fair. Like, I am coming to these albums many years later, having never heard them at all before, and yeah. having heard a lot of bands that push these sounds further in some ways since then. Yeah, um, I think there's... And so that's fair to 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 call me out, I guess. I, I, I didn't mean to be dismissive of, of Animal Collective Yeah, well, no, I, I don't mean to call you out. I just mean that I do think there's some um, like genuinely new, like, fresh stuff and experimental stuff on right these albums that we're more used to now like i think that they're the beats like off of uh strawberry jam and merryweather post pavilion are more experimental than a lot of the beats that were going on yeah and, around and the occasional like um, the occasional combination of like sort of electro pop and like screaming sometimes is kind of cool like like reverend green for example um yeah um it, i think that's like a great single that was a single right I, I i don't i don't know uh, um, i don't remember i think it was i think that's a great song um and i i just think that animal collective they cr- you know they cre- created these very long songs that played with repetition a lot mm. and at times with a you know unpleasant sort of frequencies like things that that you think of as just taboo they would do and then incorporate into songs that were pretty poppy and pretty catchy yeah um and I think definitely on the three albums that you heard, that's where they're, it's most pronounced. Feels, Strawberry Jam, and Meriwether Post Pavilion. Like that's definitely them, um, you know, coming together into something more cohesive. Especially by the time Meriwether Meriwether Post Pavilion comes out, if you right. had like tr- started at, um, I think the first one's Here Comes the Indian or something. Uh, I think it's Sweet Gone. Oh wait, what am I thinking of? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't. I I honestly don't know anything about something called "Here Comes the Indian." <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't um, not a great title. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> for yeah. anything. Um, hmm, interesting. 
I'm thinking of something Animal Collective adjacent, but um, yeah, I no, I believe you. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, so so that first album, if you had started like it, Spirit They've Gone, Spirit They Vanished, and then Dance Manatee, Campfire Songs, right? Sung Tongs, which I've told you multiple times, is my favorite, and still have not gotten around to listening to it. Well, it's fine. It's just the um, order I'm going in. <laughs> Going in a weird order. Backwards. Yeah, I am going in a weird um, order. That's fair. You, but on your recommendation, I started with MPP. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that definitely, if you trace it, you see what a clear line w- of them being very folksy and very experimental mm. with that, and just sung tongs is is very messy and very they very whimsical. They do they're sort of like do 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 like they mm. they're always like doing this sort of like breaks and songs where they just make like noises that it's just kind of you know what i'm talking about no i totally i totally do (laughs) it it feels like like they're sort of they they have like these sort of uh oddly timed like sort of syncopated drum rhythms that they'll have in the background yeah um and they'll sort of layer vocals and and electronics over that Um, yeah they do a lot more of that where i think which is what some people think of when they think of Animal Collective, um, yeah, of like that sort of hippie like drum circle type of music. Yeah, and they are they're sort of famously like they're like a group of friends that grew up playing music together, right? Yeah, and so they have like this sort of like you know sort of special language with yeah. music where they all can sort of sense where they're going with and it. And that's um, really what I love about Animal Collective, which I think it's Sung Tongs is the perfect album for that. Right. Uh, and I, I kind of missed that from Animal Collective, but yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to hear what you th- what you think of that because they are they are one of my favorite bands and one that I feel like has lost the plot a little bit, sadly. But I think that Animal Collective, along with Panda Bear, that uh, some of that solo work, definitely mm. even I think we've become accustomed to it, but definitely pushed the boundaries of the time it came out. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, and I am excited to, to dive in deeper on some of the other projects uh, now that I have I have tackled these three, uh, which I, I enjoyed all of. Um, I'm even excited to see to see what they have in store for me on Dance Manatee. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to revisit that one as well, because I only gave it the one listen through when I was going through the discography. So, right. um, Do you want to talk about something you've been uh, digging into? Yeah, I guess um, the only thing that's kind of interesting to talk about, because I've been listening to a bunch of stuff that is just, I don't know, it's all over the place. But um, yeah, over the past day or two, I've gotten really into the Counting Crows. Yeah. Um, And at this point, I feel like it's, it's not sort of become a new personality for you. Yeah, it's like, I want to be clear, this is not a bit like because i wouldn't be listening to the music if it was just a bit like but i feel like accidentally i've turned it into a bit um and i feel like committed to it but i really do think that so i listened to recovering the satellites yesterday the counting crows second album from 1996 and the reason i listened to it was because of our you know our sister podcast indycast um ha- had inducted it into their hall of fame and counting crows is a band that i'd enjoyed as a child kind of 
Um, yeah. You know, it was one of the big rock bands when we were growing up. Yeah, we talked about this today. I, I had a copy of August and Everything After on CD as a kid, and I listened to that uh, to death. Yeah, I listened I, to I, it a ton. I feel like when you're a kid, at least this is my experience, and I feel like maybe yours, you end up with a lot of CDs that kind of your parents buy for you or that mm-hmm. they owned and that you just kind of took from their CD tower. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as a kid, you know, I had a lot of – my mom would buy me Reliant K CDs because they were a Christian punk band. Yep. Um, but also, like – just music that your parents listened to in the 90s that was like Train and Counting Crows. Sure. This this is my experience. I'm like DNB and Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. Um, so that was like my y- exposure. Your dad had a couple Incubus records. <laughs> yeah, my dad had some Incubus <laughs> records. Uh, my dad's a big John Mayer fan. Sure. Uh, uh, an artist that uh, definitely heavily influenced by the Counting Crows. But so I was listening to Stephen Hyden talk about this album and i thought huh like i guess counting crows is maybe due for a revisit because i actually have always liked those singles and i do think counting crows is kind of unique so i went back and i was wow i was shocked to <laughs> discover the uh, recovering the satellites is a pretty fantastic album i mean truly i think this is a great one i think this is a great 90s rock album a great rock album and yeah. i think it's it's it is pretty unique as far as like roots rock goes. It's definitely in the vein of that '90s rock. But I think Adam Adam Duritz has a pretty unique vo- uh, voice, mm. uh, vocal style. It's it's I'm pressed to think about someone who has quite that same delivery as far as songs go. That I think it's in your head. It, it might sound annoying. He kind of goes into some falsetto that that might seem unadvisable sometimes uh but i, I think it's actually <laughs> i think there's a lot of things about him that are maybe unadvisable yeah it just seems <laughs> a little i mean you look at this guy and it just <laughs> seems like this is something that's best left in the 90s but i i mean i don't think that's true and i mean i i say that so i've been talking about the the counting crows and feel free to interject i feel like i'm just no no please, uh, please. um but I, f- I kind of been talking about, you know, you know there's going to be a Counting Crows revival coming. You know, we're on the w- the wave. We're, there's a, a crest of a big Counting Crows wave. And I think that's kind of – it's weird to talk about when you really think of it because what I'm talking about is a band that has millions or billions of monthly Spotify listeners. like <laughs> having I don't know about billions. I, I, <laughs> but more people than are do, alive. Do you know how much a billion is? <laughs> It's a seventh of the world's population. <laughs> yeah, Counting Crows is one of the... Okay, okay. Here we go. This is almost a billion. Six million three hundred eighty-five thousand three hundred twenty-nine okay. monthly listeners. That's you know almost what? a billion. You know what? Let me say... <laughs> that's almost a billion. Let me say one thing, which is that that actually is more than I thought that they would have. They have a ton. So <laughs> That's a lot. When I say I'm, ta- I'm talking about there's going to be a revival, it's like a revival of what? They are literally still huge. Yeah. But I guess what I really mean is that I think that when we think of uh, bands from the 90s, you have some that are still well regarded by music critics or whatever, people, music nerds in general. Um, yeah. So you, you think about your radio heads, um, maybe even like a blur. Your um, pavements. And your pavements. And do you think of all, yeah, do you think of all these bands that were huge rock bands in the 90s that are still well regarded? And then you think of your, your one hit wonders. Or, you know, your, um, 
your gym blossoms, your wallflowers, your cranberries, your uh, spin doctors, your spin doctors, your, your presidents crows. of the United States of America. Yeah, and some of those, you know, we've kind of been. Going, I, I'm not. I'm not super interested in taking a full, doing a full excavation of these '90s bands. I know maybe sure. we'll, we'll we'll visit some others, but I truly believe like Counting Crows it gets lumped in with some of these these bands that are just remembered for their hits when they had albums, especially those first two, and especially recovering the satellites. Uh, I mean, shit. Like here, I am just like giving a wholehearted recommendation of an album that IndieCast just did this for. Yeah, I mentioned uh, that to you before we recorded. That, yeah, that that seems uh, again unadvisable. Um, it's but <laughs> all I've been listening to for like two whole days. I don't, and we're recording our music podcast. I don't know what else to talk about. No, absolutely, that's <laughs> fair. And can I can I speak on that for a second? Yeah. Um. So I just so I'll say in support of you here that um. Sorry, I had to adjust my mic there. Um. I will say that I was skeptical. When you texted me about Counting Crows today, um, I had never, August and Everything After was the only album by them I had ever heard, although I had heard it a lot as a kid, as I mentioned before. Um, And you told me to listen to Recover the Satellites, um, which I did this afternoon. And and I, I really was pretty skeptical going in, but on your wholehearted recommendation, I checked it out and I had a great time. (laughs) I think that they're really I think that I don't know I don't know if I'm totally there with you on Uh, on the Counting Crows being like an all time great 90s band. Um, But maybe I'll come around. We'll see. We'll see as we continue to explore. We'll see. The Counting Crows are so fun. Like that. Well, (laughs) hey, and let me let me get to my big point, which is I think that there is something about them that is innately compelling. Right. I think there is. I mean, I like looking at especially just like rock bands or something today that are that are pretty big that have like some sort of mainstream presence. Sure. Um, what band out there is having fun? Like, are you getting the same energy that you get off of these Counting Crows records? Like, it really is hard to think about because it's it's a totally different world. You know, they their rock radio was still a real thing. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. then. Um, whereas now, I mean, like, uh, of course the, you know, the fragmentation of the music industry has been talked to death. We don't need to retread those steps, but yeah, that's um, going to be our, for our five part series. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like when I, when I think about bands that hit it big these days, you know, imagine dragons, Bastille, glass animals, They the, like no none of them have the kind of energy that at least at least i can only speak to the first two counting crows records none of them have the energy that those first two counting crows records have right do you agree with that i 100 percent agree that that's the sort of band i was thinking about um where they just come onto the scene and then it's so boring like yeah not fun bands to follow or i would say in a lot of cases even listen to like uh yeah j- just uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the state of alt rock uh, needs a a little Counting Crows juice. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The state of alt rock needs a little Counting Crows juice. That's the episode title right there. Um, I think. Yeah, no, I I think I agree. I think that a little injection of 
of, of what Adam Duritz has got running through his veins is just what the glass animals need. Let's do a uh, blood transfusion <laughs> of Adam Duritz and Imagine Dragons. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Because I do think that the that Counting Crows and, and other bands of that era as well, um, but we're talking about Counting Crows right now, they have you know a, an energy to them. And I do think that music should move on to new sounds as time goes on. And so I don't want to like be like in my old man chair going like these bands sound bad because it's different from what the '90s was. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't want to do that. I definitely don't feel that way. Like, <laughs> again, I am not. There's lots of good. Bands I am not right calling now. for you know a a, a revitalization of the Spin Doctors or anything. Or yeah, or like I'm I'm not like trying to go all in on the '90s, but I mean we do know that the '90s. Like we're at the point w- where enough time has passed, where, um, as far as just pop culture in general goes, you know, film and television, or, or fashion mm. and music, th- like there's '90s, is happening. Like it, it, we're seeing that a sort of wave of '90s nostalgia. I think we're even starting to hit early 2000s. Yeah, nostalgia because I think well. I think it's it's all mixed up because y- you still even have some of the leftover '80s stuff. Yeah, that has you know seeped into a lot of pop music and and fashion and and all this like it's yeah, and I think that we're also at a point in pop culture where like there's been such fragmentation that like there is a scene for every era, you know. Yeah, like, that's that's what I was just <laughs> about to say. But I don't like yeah, electro swing kids, <laughs> but and there's you know there's seventies kids. And yeah, 60s and this kids. is just getting yeah, it's getting bigger than what we need to talk about. But <laughs> it's so true, um, we can't be weighing in all. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the point I was making is that you do see um, an indie indie scene, especially I think a lot of '90s um, just influence. You know, we you talk about the the uh, Biaba Doobies and all all that all that sort of thing. But I don't think that you see you see grunge, you see grunge sort of uh, making waves. Yeah, uh, I don't think you see enough like of these roots rock, alt rock bands. Like the Counting Crows, I think is one I would really point to. That's something that's that's missing. There's not a lot of people sort of aping that, uh, and maybe it's something that's that's better left. Be- maybe it's better you just listen to these old Counting Crows records. I don't know what it would be like, um, like seeing a band really try to revive this sort of energy <laughs> these days. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to conceptualize. A it, band, a it, band hitting the mainstream. It really is, and it, also being like towed the wet sprocket. Yeah, like if I'm trying to think like of like bizarre, like Maddie Healy, like gets like dreads. And oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know what? Actually, I'm thinking about it, and I could see that happening. I think it would make him way more approachable. Um, <laughs> I could see but, him doing that. Yeah. So maybe that's our best hope: is the 1975 like ditches all the ambient stuff. And goes for more of like a sha na 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 like with with the dreads and all, all this stuff going on. And Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we could at least hope for that. Uh, but I, I guess I they just... They moved to Maryland. Um, I just want to see a little love for the Counting Crows. And I think that we're going to see some... I mean, I've made the big production. I think that somehow, some way, it's going to seep into this decade. Yeah, you're gonna have well, all that crow juice, and uh, <laughs> I'll also see seeping yeah, in. You're gonna be seeing a lot of crow juice in the 2020s, um, and and I will also say I feel like a Counting Crows revivalist movement has been like bubbling up for a few years now. Have you 
like notice that at all. You I did feel say like, that to me. How would I mention this? Um, I feel like every once in a while I hear an artist mention them as an influence. Uh, I see that in interviews occasionally. Um, I'll hear like a music critic be like, you know, I, you know, I, this maybe isn't like a cool band to talk about, but I actually like the Counting Crows. I think that's. I feel like that's that's out there. I that's think it's out there in I mean, the consciousness. I think they are so huge that they were a big influence on a lot of bands that are making music now, and I I think that they influenced a lot of yeah a lot of trends that we just don't talk about them being an influence for as much like you know we you know that they were an influence on emo bands uh that were you know coming into the late 90s into the early 2000s um but it just kind of gets brushed over maybe uh i think it's they have been one of those bands that just for a little bit has been yeah like i know this is not a cool band but if you're into music i think you, you maybe have some attachment to them if you're a musician or a music writer or whatever just, yeah um, i mean i certainly do and i kind of until today i didn't really remember or realize i guess that i had an attachment to them but i i had, I had honestly totally forgotten about that well-worn copy of, of august and everything after that i had as a kid yeah um but i i loved that thing and and, and i think recover the satellites is good too so we'll be returning to counting crows i think as time goes on uh, you mentioned the 1975. Do you think we should get into that at all? Well, I'm. Uh, We've been pushing it off for about two months now. I, I think, think we have to give it some more. I, I mean, dude, I, I listened to that album. I haven't listened to it um, since last time, <laughs> last time we recorded. Okay. So there's sure. really. Okay, but I'm. You know, what? at this point, I'm forcing your hand, and I am promising the listener that next week we will both be prepared to weigh in on the 1975s. Uh, second album, I like it when you sleep, for you are so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I can so tell you already that I'm going to like it because I listened to it already. And <sighs> well, spoilies, but um, I, I mean, I like the 1975. I think they're good. Do you, uh, it is. It, I think it's a little. It's it's different than the other two records that we've talked about before. But um, a bit, it's a bit different. Um, but I, I I mean I I like it. I think it's pretty different. Uh, <laughs> but I guess we'll talk about that next week. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about this week? I, I was going to say that, that the eel, or not eels, the, um, Counting Crows song, Accidentally in Love, off of the Shrek 2 soundtrack, I also think is, is, um, I think that that's the best Shrek song. Wow. And I think that people don't think that's the best one. I think they think that it's obviously all-star. It, it, um, people love that song and they love... All the eel songs, My Beloved Monster. Um, My Beloved Monster is pretty great. It's great, but I, I think that uh, Accidentally in Love, unless I'm mistaken, was written specifically for Shrek 2. And wow, what a great song. So I just wanted to say that. And um, yeah, I, and uh, you know, I actually have a lot of thoughts about Shrek and Shrek soundtracks, but that's maybe best saved for some other time. Yeah, I think there's maybe a whole episode there. <laughs> we could talk about the Shrek soundtracks. I just think it's disgusting how Shrek has been turned into a meme. Yeah, and that, <laughs> absolutely. And now whenever you talk about the, the conversation as far as Shrek goes, is all wrapped up in, oh, these people like it to be ironic. And it's just, no, like, it's really just a, it's a great movie. No, uh, but, hey, well, let's uh, pump your brakes there because I think that uh, Shrek would like that. 
Shrek would like people liking it, ironically. Because Shrek sh- is... Because Shrek is like that. Yeah, Shrek is a sick... <laughs> sick Shrek is like creature. Deadpool. And Shrek is in on the joke. He gets that we're, like, having a laugh at him and with him at the same time. Yeah, and absolutely... And he loves that shit. In absolutely no way does my enjoyment of the film or Shrek soundtrack um, carry over to an endorsement of the individual Shrek, who is obviously <laughs> a disgusting monster. Of um, course, yeah. And Although he does have layers. I don't care whether or not Shrek would like. I think that that all that Shrek stuff from when we were in high school, like the Shrek is love stuff. I think I hate that. And um, yeah, not great. I think it it. I just wish that we could just enjoy Shrek for what it is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've been listening to the new Antlers singles. I think there's going to be a really good <laughs> Antlers album this year. I'm excited for it. I'm really into that. I love the Antlers. Um. I have not listened to the new singles yet. Yeah. Anyway. I hope they're good. Shrek is love. Bye. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>